Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. You know what? That you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't, this world wouldn't be here today unless, there, unless God decided that he wanted to express his love to children. Think about that. There would be no earth as we know it. There would be no There would be no humans on this earth unless God decided he wanted to express his love. You say, well, he could have expressed it to his angels. The angels really could not become sons of God and daughters of God like us. We have a choice, and when we make that choice, we become like our Heavenly Father in the fact that He gives us, the Bible says that through these great and precious promises, we become partakers of the divine nature. Now, let me just say this. You might think your wife is divine, but you're not divine. How many of you think your wife's divine? How many of you thought at one time? (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I just want to say this, that... uh, I am proud to be a father. I would, I would like to say this. I wish I'd had more kids, children. God, because, because the, uh, the, father, the father has an ability to express the image and life of God. So does the mother. But the father has the ability to express the life of God into their children. And so I just want to share with you this morning, I I want to begin by reading from Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. I have a lot of scriptures that I'd like to share with you because I am a Bible preacher. Thank you, Lord. Are you guys quiet or are you just ready to go home? Thank you, Lord. So anyway, we're going to begin in verse 14, and he says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Do you know that angels are not children of God? Only born-again humans are children of the living God. So you are special. You are, you are God's creation. You are God's handiwork. You are God's you are God's object that he wants to pour out his love and affection upon. 
So I just wanted to say this. How many of you were here last week? Who preached last week? All right. I see you remembered. Pastor Melody uh, spoke on a particular subject to where the words that we speak will either create positive effects in our brain, which will positively affect the rest of our bodies, or we can speak negative things that will bring a negative effect on our brains and a negative effect on our bodies. And I just want to share this, that the father knew that long before she ever shared it. Because we see through the scriptures that the heavenly father is eager to pour out his love and affection upon you. And one of the ways he does that is by speaking life into your inner man. He speaks life to, uh, to your spirit. He speaks life to your soul. As a matter of fact, the way God restores your soul is by speaking words of life to you. I remember when I was in uh, the Baptist church years ago, we used to sing a song, sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. And the reality is, is God is constantly speaking. Do you know God has not had the mute button pushed on him? God is not mute. Jesus is not mute. The Holy Spirit is not mute. Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice. So the Heavenly Father and the, and, uh, and the Son and the Holy Spirit are constantly desiring to communicate to us as long as we will open our spirit man, open our souls to him. The Father not only has the ability to... Uh, to create uh, this life in us, but he desires for fathers to do the same thing. I was just thinking, uh, I was thinking, uh, the, the times that I remember that my father spoke anything positive over me, I wasn't there to hear it. I always heard it secondhand. But you, you have the ability to speak life to your children. Do you want your children to grow up to be successful? Do you want your children to grow up to be sound and secure? You have that ability to speak those, those things that will establish them and encourage them and empower them. You might say, well, it's too late. It is never too late. It is never too late. And you don't even have to say it to their face. But that's a good place to start. But you know what? You might be in a situation where they don't want to hear you. Have you ever had, have you ever had a child that gave you the hand? This far, no more. The reality is, is if you can't speak it to them in public, you speak it to them in private. You speak the word, you speak words of life, you speak words of love, you speak words of faith over them. As believers, we need to realize that we have to live by faith and walk by faith, and our faith is activated by action. You can speak words of life over your children, even though they might be rejecting it. Thank you, Lord. 
I'd like to uh, read from Matthew chapter uh, 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this, when he, uh, when he, Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came immediately out of the water and the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that wonderful that God expressed his love over his Son? But I want to share to you through the Bible that God speaks that same thing over you. And when Jesus received that word that he was the beloved son, he needed that word because he immediately was driven out into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights by the enemy. And the first word, the first temptation was, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Satan is always going to tempt you on your identification, on your identity of being a son and a daughter of the living God. Thank you, Lord. The Father takes great delight in you being filled with the Spirit. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, we're in his access, but be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is a continual action. And I bring that up because when, that, when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Holy Spirit came upon him. You know, this isn't just something, well, you know, I got saved, you know, at this date, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit at this date. No, we continually go after, we continually seek after more of the Holy Spirit. You know, there, during the worship, there was one song that just really stuck out to me, and it was this one that says, Spirit, come, Spirit, come. I think that that should be the prayer of Giving Light Christian Fellowship. Not only those two particular words, but the whole song in general, that we prophesy revival like it is already done. Because a lot of times we, we, stop, we stop the things of God, we stop the blessings of God because we speak, we speak, uh, we speak the doors and the doors shut. But we can speak life, we can speak encouragement, we can speak health, we can speak strength and deliverance. Do you know that our identification with Jesus brings the same blessing that Jesus received when the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 9, verse 25. And this is actually a scripture taken from the Old Testament. He says this, he says also in Hosea, he says, I call them my beloved who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in, in the place where it was said to them, you, you are not my people, there they shall be called the sons of God. Who was that written about? That was written about Gentiles. Do we have any natural Jews here this morning? So you know what this scripture is? This scripture is written for you. This scripture is written for you, so you were not beloved, but now you are called the beloved of God. 
You are beloved. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven. My grandfather used to tell me, I tried to witness to him. He had some real strange theological thing, uh, doctrines, but he said, one of the things he said is you cannot know until you get to heaven whether you're going to go. I says, well, the Bible says if you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. But he said, you can't know. How many of you know you can't change some of those guys? Also, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6, he says, you have been made accepted in the beloved. Say, say to yourself, I am beloved. You are beloved. What does that mean? Be loved. Don't stop it. Don't, don't resist it. Don't fight it. Some of you think, well, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not this or I'm not that. Or, that doesn't make any difference. It's not what you see. God does not look at the outward. God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, he says, Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved. Oh, now we're taking another step. Do you know that you're holy? All right. Do you know you're holy? I don't mean holes in your shirt. I mean you are holy before God. Holy and beloved. Holy and beloved. You didn't make that, you didn't make yourself that way. Jesus did. Jesus made you holy. Jesus made you beloved. He says, therefore, as, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. If we do this, if we do this, we will be acting like God. What is God like? What's God like? Well, he's he has tender mercies. What's God like? God's kind to you. What's God like? He, do you know that even God is humble? Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus humbled himself and took on the appearance of a man. And he humbled himself farther and went to the cross. Also, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. What does that word behold mean? Well, you say, well, it means to look. It also means to be aware that you are loved. It means to know you are loved. It means to consider you're loved. It means to receive the fact that you are loved. I remember, I don't like to use the word counseling, but I remember we were talking with a, with a particular individual, and this person had actually been in the ministry, worked for a ministry. And we were talking, and we were praying, and all of a sudden, she just burst into tears. I mean, just burst into tears. I'm thinking, oh, the Lord, Holy Spirit must be working on her. And by the time she finally settled down, I said, well, what just happened? And she said... <laughs> God just told me he loved me. I'm thinking, man, I've been telling you that for years. 
It's not enough for any man to tell you that. You've got to hear it by the Holy Spirit. Jesus heard from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You need to hear from heaven. You need to hear from the Spirit of God that you are accepted in the beloved and that you are His beloved son or daughter. It's not enough for me to tell you. I found found that out. You know, you can hear some great sermons But in the middle of that sermon, sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak one word to you and that will ignite you. It's not just what the preacher's saying. It's not just what the minister's saying. It's what the Holy Spirit says to you in the midst of what's going on. I know the Holy Spirit used to talk. Well, he still does, but I got here by hearing God in the shower. Well, that was one step. I got got here because I heard God's voice in, in the car. I was driving. Another time, actually the way, the last time I got, the last voice, voice, not voice, it wasn't an audible voice, but the last time I heard it, he said, put all your stuff in storage load up your car, and I had a wife and two little babies, go to the Northeast. Where's the Northeast? Is that Boston? It's the Northeast to me. But God led us step by step, and it was by His inward witness. It was by His voice. God still speaks. He is not mute. Thank you, Lord. Are you recognizing the Father's voice? What would the Father say to you? Let me ask you a question. What would God be saying to you? What would he, would he be speaking condemnation to you? And he would never say that because his own word says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Turn to your spouse and say, I'm going to quit condemning you. (laughs) That's why, that's how we become like the Father. We stop, we stop putting condemnation on other people and try to get them to live up to our standards. Well, you know, your standard's kind of low anyway because it's not as high as God's. And God's not the one condemning you. You know what? God is not demanding perfection of you. Because if he was demanding perfection, I wouldn't be up here preaching. He takes us step by step. He leads us and guides us. He conforms us into the image of his son. Thank you, Lord. We as fathers are to speak the same way to our children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says this, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. This is the verse that my wife constantly quoted to me. You say, were you provoking your children to wrath? Well, they couldn't take a joke. They couldn't take a daddy joke. (laughs) Now the joke's on me, but anyway... (laughs) Anyway, 
Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. What is, what is admonition? From the Greek word, it means to put in mind. Put in mind. Training by the word. You know, you can use the word, uh, you can use the word several ways. You can use it to, to cut or you can use it to heal. How are you using the word of God? Are you building up or tearing down? But that's what admonition means. It means to train by word, words of encouragement. Train by words of encouragement. My dad used to tell me, and my, my, my brother, older brother, he used to say this. My dad would say, why don't you try to be more like me? And I'm thinking, I want to be as far away from that as possible. So, am I speaking words of life? You know, we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about children. We're talking about the people around us, too. Are you, do you want to create heaven on earth? The Bible says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, we speak words of life, and it, it, gives us that, uh, it gives us that atmosphere around us of the kingdom of heaven. I, would need to tell, I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, it kind of goes along with what Katie said about uh, her nephew. When Rebecca was still in the womb, uh, we were living in Tulsa. I was going to Bible school. Melody was pregnant, and... Uh, so every day I would talk to Melody's belly and I would, and I would speak words of life and I would sing. I would, I would sing to her and I, would, I did this, you know, through her pregnancy. And um, after, you know, I took Melody to the hospital, you know, I wish Rebecca was born. And so then I had to leave and go to work. And so when I came back, Rebecca had been in the room with Melody and people had been in and out of the room. And as soon as I walked in and I said something, Rebecca starts looking for me. Why? Because she recognized my voice. She recognized my voice. And another thing, too, uh, when she was... Uh, First couple, first few weeks after she was here, she, you know, uh, was crying a lot. So I could, I could calm her down by speaking to her and singing to her. Well, then when I would go to work and I wasn't there, then um, it got noisy. So what we did was I, I got a cassette player. Anybody remember those little cassette players? got a cassette player and started singing into the cassette player. And so when I would go to work and Rebecca would get upset, Melody would just start playing that. She'd put the tape player right, right in the crib, push that tape player, and she would calm right down. Well, isn't it the same way with Jesus? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And the next verse with that, it says, And I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. 
Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. And then in John chapter 10, verse 4, he says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow them, follow him because they know his voice. Now listen to this. And yet by no means, and they will by no means follow a stranger, for they, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Let me ask you a question. Whose voice is more predominant in the life of your child? Whose voice is more predominant? Whose voice is speaking words of life? Whose voice is speaking words of love? Whose voice is speaking words of encouragement to your child? Don't let the world do it. You be responsible. You be responsible to speak life to your children. Hallelujah. Let me just say this. The, father, the Father's voice brings health. It says in Proverbs 3, 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. For it will be health to their flesh and strength to their bones. Hearing the words of God brings health and life to the flesh and to the bones. It also says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 7. I want the new wine of the Spirit. I want more of God. We'll say, say, well, you're a pastor, don't you have God? I'm a leaky vessel. I want more. You know, I, I take a drink of water in the morning. But you know what? I got to have more later. I got to have more. I got to drink all day. Water. I got to drink water all day. So I don't just, I'm not just taking one hit of the Holy Ghost. I want more and more and more and more and more. Just like that song says, Spirit come, Spirit come. If you remember from uh, when, when Paul went to Ephesus, he he led the believers to Christ and he laid hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And then he later wrote a book and told them to continually be filled with the Spirit. And you can say, well, they got filled here, but you got to have more. You know what? My wife got on to me. <laughs> I'm telling on myself. I used to tell her before we got married how much I loved her. And then after, after we got married, I didn't tell her for six months. You know what? She wanted to keep hearing more. But I neglected to tell her. You know what? That created a mess. <laughs> Hallelujah. Gentlemen, 
if you're fathers or you're going to be fathers, or let me just say this, there are children that are in this church that are that they might have fathers, but they have absentee fathers emotionally. We can share, we can encourage children that are not our own physically. You just, you know, I started getting prophetic words when my kids were leaving the house that I was going to be a dad. I'm thinking, hey man, I'm past that. Hey, they're, they're leaving, I'm done. God says, no, you got more. You got more. You got more to encourage. You got more to love. The job is never finished. And thank God for that. People that just retire and do nothing, they're not, they're not here very long. Got to keep working. Who was that? All right. Hallelujah. I don't get very many amens like that, so I got to go find them. <laughs> anyway. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. For And uh, the previous verses were talking about the word of God. It says, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Hearing the word of God, hearing the voice of God brings health to all your flesh. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Do you know what? You can promote not only physical health in your children, you can promote emotional health in your children. I struggled for years because I did not have emotional, I wasn't, you know, a basket case, but I struggled emotionally. I struggled with fear because that's what I was raised with. Bless God. We don't have to. We don't have to feed our children that. We feed them encouragement. We feed them courage. We feed them life by what we say. And you know, it's not just by what we say, but how we look when we say it. I could go up to Mel and say, I love you. We have this routine every morning. She's up in her office, and I'm walking out the back door, and I say, I'm leaving. She says, I love you, and I, and I could say, I love you. Or I could say, I love you too. What she thinks gets a better response. <laughs> you choose door A or door B. <laughs> It's not just what you say, but how you say it and how you look when you say it. Are you looking into their eyes or are you looking at the television when you say it? Just a thought. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 15, 30. The light of the eyes rejoice the heart, and a good report makes healthy bones. What are we feeding our kids? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. 
It says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. And then we're familiar with the 23rd Psalm. The Bible says the Lord restores our soul. You know, I have been I have been on some really good highs spiritually. Anyway. Been on some really high highs, but I've also been low. But he restores my soul. I want to be like my father who restores the soul of others. I want to be like one who waters others. Thank you, Lord. Just quickly, I'm just going to mention this. Throughout the word of God, we see where fathers blessed their children. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Jacob blessed his 12 sons. He blessed his 12 sons. Before, and right after that, he died. He blessed them. I don't know if he blessed them his whole life or if it's just right at the end. But I think it's kind of be good to kind of do it all along. You know. He says, he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil but on contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. Do you know, some, some of you might say, what is my calling? I'll tell you what it is. It's to bless. It is to bless others. Let me ask you a question. Are you fulfilling your calling? Your calling is to bless others. Now listen to this. Knowing this, that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Your blessing is dependent on your blessing others. Woo! Some of you might need to get going. Get busy. Let's get busy. Start blessing. Start blessing others and open the windows of heaven for the blessings to flow. Thank you, Lord. For he says, he who would love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn from evil and do good. Let him pursue peace. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Do you have time for one story? Okay. Have you ever heard of Norval Hayes? Anybody heard of Norval Hayes? Norval Hayes was a businessman, a very profitable, profitable businessman. He had a number of companies, and he was also a preacher that, that would go around preaching. He usually preached on faith. But he had a daughter. Her, her name, I believe, was Zoe. But he had a daughter, or maybe it wasn't. But he had a daughter, and uh, she got into the lifestyle of going out to bars and dances and stuff like that. 
And so he would, you know, he'd try to talk to her and, you know, he would, you know, pray, pray, you know, Lord, say, save my daughter. And uh, one time he was flying home from a business trip and the Lord said, if you keep praying like that, your daughter's going to hell. Wouldn't that wake you up? Well, that doesn't sound like edification, exhortation, or comfort. But he said that. He said, if you keep praying like that, your daughter's going to go to hell. So he said, Lord, what do I do? He said, when she is in your presence, you do nothing but love her. You do nothing but love her. And when she walks out the door and she starts going to those places, you start buying, you start taking authority over the powers of darkness. You start, uh, you start telling them to take their hands off of her, basically doing spiritual warfare for her. And he said, for uh, he said, after three months in the middle of the night, he woke up to this blood curdling scream. His daughter was screaming from her bedroom. So he gets up and he runs into the bedroom. He said, what's the matter? What's the matter? She said, didn't you see him? There was a nine-foot angel at the foot of her bed. How would you like to wake up to that? Oh, I just think it'd be lovely. That's not those little miniature things, uh, little fat little cheeks and, you know, little wing. no. They're nine foot, this is a nine foot warrior standing at the foot of her bed, just scared the bejesus out of her, whatever that is. And then, you know, after a while, she, start, she stopped going. She stopped going to the clubs. And he said some, well, what's happened? She said, Dad, I can't leave. I said, she said, there's just so much love here. I can't leave. I can't go. There's just so much love here. What did he do? He started speaking words of life. You know, that's just one example. We can do the same thing in our homes. You know, as a pastor, I've gone into homes and uh, sometimes you go into home and it's just, you know, you feel the joy, you feel the love, you feel the peace. Sometimes you go into a home, <laughs> you could cut it with a knife. You could cut it with a knife. What are you filling your home with? Words are containers. They don't go away. They stay. Unless you replace them. Fill your home with words of life. Fill your home with love. Fill your home with peace. The Bible says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I think women could do that too. You think they could speak words of life? Amen. All of us, fathers, mothers, whatever, we're, whatever stage we're at, we can speak words of life. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we take authority over the power of the enemy that tries to bring condemnation, Lord, to anyone in, within the sound of my voice. 
Lord God, that feels like that they haven't lived up to the standard of the word. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And if you would, uh, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand, but I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to pray a prayer to break those words, those word curses off, if, if it's happened? But I'm going to ask everybody to pray. Would you be willing to break those word curses and begin to speak words of life? Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of God that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He showed us what you are really like. For he said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And we see how he loved, even his enemies. So right now, Father, I confess that I have spoken words that have torn down, words that have hurt, Words that have even incapacitated. I repent of that now in the name of Jesus. I thank you. I receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. And I choose right now to forgive myself for the words that I have spoken. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I break agreement with criticism, with belittling, with lies in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me with words of life, with words of love, with words of kindness, and with words of humility. I receive that now, and by the grace of God, I'm going to be a partaker of the divine nature and love as you loved, in Jesus' name, amen. Do we have the healing team? I'm going to ask you to come up.